passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Week two of the 2022 NFL season is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, whatever bet, whatever sport, just make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Again, that's on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor, IT. I am happy to see your face this morning. Our Steelers are 1-0. We're headed into week two. Got some injury news, but all in all, knocking off the team that represented the AFC in the Super Bowl a year ago in week one. I've got a smile on my face this morning. Things are good in the city of Pittsburgh. That's exactly how you want to start off. You, you got you got a new quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. You go into a hostile environment. Uh, we've been talking about all the money that's been spent for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's been on the defensive side. And guess what the defense do? The defense have you know four interceptions. Ike, I was having a little bit of signal issues, but yes, on the defensive side of the ball and found out that just this morning, Minka Fitzpatrick named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He was everywhere on Sunday. A career high, tied at 14 tackles. He had the pick six to open the game and the blocked PAT, which I broke down on Taylor Talk, explaining how that play happened, sneaking in on the inside. And for whatever reason, Ike, the Bengals' tight end decided to block out instead of block down. The fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line. Minka Fitzpatrick helping the Steelers stave off what would have been an absolutely brutal defeat, forcing overtime. And we find out this morning he's named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. No surprise there and no surprise, at least at one point, he was the NFL's highest paid safety. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, you know, 14 tackles, uh, pick six, and a block field goal to help your team up, out, not only to help your team out, but at the same time, Mark, to not go and, and go into that hostile environment and lose the ball game. So, yeah, when he gets paid, when he gets paid, that's why he gets paid when he gets paid. <laughs> you know, because Minka, 
is that kind of 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 a football player. You know, he's not a star; he's a superstar in the league. And I've just had the opportunity during training camp to talk around him. And I keep saying, man, Coach Coach Tomlin hit it on the head, Mark. Like I've had, and I see these conversations, and I've seen guys do this before. Not saying he's Troy Polamalu at all, because Troy just is on a totally different planet. But he got some characteristic. He he has that it factor. He knows where the ball is gonna go. Um, he has that third that third hour that spider sense, and he uses it well, Mark. What I noticed too, Ike, and I always try not to draw too many conclusions from a one game sample size, but. Right. The front seven in the improvement there allows Minka to be much more of a ball hawk. It allows him to be much more opportunistic and play more of that center fielder role as a free safety versus having to always rely on Minka to make tackles. And what I mean by that is this was a player that had 120 tackles a season ago, and he was not an all-pro in 2021 as he was in the 2019 and 2020 season. Why is that? A season ago, when the Steelers ranked dead last in the NFL and rushing yards allowed, running backs, receivers were getting to the second and third levels of the defense untouched to where they were relying on Minka to almost play almost more of like a linebacker style at the safety position. Whereas now when the front seven is stout, he can go back, read a quarterback's eyes and play with the instinct that he's able to play at. And you can tell some of its instinct. I'm, I'm sure a lot of it is watching film. But what I noticed in game one, getting seven sacks on Joe Burrow, it's the seven sacks I'm thrilled about, Ike, but it allows Minka to be all that much more opportunistic on the back end of the defense, which he really couldn't do a year ago because the front seven wasn't up to snuff. And at least through one game, that's what I saw with this Steelers defense. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that too much. I think you hit it on the head in this one game, but they showed a lot in one game. By the fourth game, we'll determine exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is. That's just how it goes. You know, you got to give these offensive coordinators between four to, three to four weeks so they can figure out or try to stop or try to manage um, on how Pittsburgh is getting to the quarterback. But, you know, you got to give a big shout-out to Alex Smith. You know, the young man had three, three uh, sacks in the game. He leads the league right now or tied for leading the league in sacks he, he wound up having three but man it's just hard to stop cam you know i think between cam and tj we're going to talk about tj later on in our show mark but between that defensive tackle slash dn and the outside linebacker combination i don't think there's any other better than cam and tj you know when you got them two not only sitting on the same side but as well as that defensive line that helps you know then you bring in miles jack Miles um, Jack had a hell of a game, had a good game. So he's like the quarterback on the field. You acquired him from the free agency. And now that allows Minka to be Minka. You know, so uh, we all watch tape, but the guys who really trust their instincts on the field when it comes Sunday, them the guys who are Hall of Famers, that's exactly what Minka is doing. You know, and he's been doing that for the past three years since he stepped foot in the 4 one And that's Pittsburgh every coach. So, you know, when Minka sees something, he go get it. Um, a lot of people, when they see something, they hesitate or they'll just be there just to make a play or the tackle. Make us see, see something, it's a turnover. Uh, Troy saw something, it was a turnover. Uh, Uncle Prime, Deion Sanders, he saw something, it was a turnover. And that's how them guys are. Because we are, by the end of the day, Mark, we all watch tape. But it's just instinctively, do you trust, uh, do you care if you're not going to make that player or not? And those guys who have them kind of instincts, and me, I'm talking about, 
they don't care about getting beat because they know nine times out of ten, you know, they're going to make that play. And that one time they get beat, they'll make up for it seven more times. I love that, Ike. And let's just move to TJ Watt's injury. He's going to be out at least six weeks. Pectoral injury will not require surgery. And you mentioned Alex Highsmith, three sacks out of the seven total of Joe Burrow. That was one of the keys I said going into the game is they're going to have to get after Burrow. And they did that, forcing four interceptions, five turnovers overall. Now, this is where you've got Malik Reed and Jameer Jones filling in for TJ Watt. I thought Alex Highsmith did a great job in one-on-one scenarios because of the the attention that Watt is going to create lined up over an opposing team's right tackles. He's going to command a lot of attention as the NFL's reigning defensive player of the year. And Watt, before he left the game, was all over the place, absolutely make, making life a living hell for Joe Burrow on Sunday. But now the Steelers, should, at least the next several weeks, are going to be without him. So to me, it's incumbent upon, okay, the other players who are going to be filling in for Watt, but then really everyone else on the defensive front and really the front seven, they're really, really going to have to step up without Watt on the field. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, to, to, to get to our point against T.J. Watt, um, six, weeks is, six weeks is perfect. You know, you rather him out six weeks to get the young man back than have him out for the rest of the year, the former, former defensive player uh, of the year, T.J. Watt, so say. Um, but it's just when T.J. is on the field, it's just, you know, you always got a chance because he always got, he's always going to make a play, you know. And, and I tell people, that interception that he caught against Joe Burrow, there was it was nothing easy about that interception, Mark. I mean, the ball, you got to look at the ball, like that ball is coming out of jug. So when you see these wide receivers and their own jug machines and they they get real close to these jug machines, that's exactly what happened to T.J. Watt. You know, that ball came out of the jug, and for him to come down with that football, that's letting you know how special of a guy he is. But we all know from the past three years, T.J. Watt just been a special player. You know, so it's it's good news for him, not only for him, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, just saying six weeks says a whole lot, but somebody's going to step up. You know, and I, I think Coach T is going to figure out the matchups when it comes down to the defensive line. He want their high. He want to use Alec Highsmith if he want to use Devin Bush coming off the edge or so say. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. So I know Coach T, he gets very creative, and this is what he lives for. You know, he loves adversity because he loves the challenge. So we shall see, but that's good news for Pittsburgh and TJ Watt. He's not out for the season. Amen, Ike. I'll take Watt for however long we could get him versus say he's gone for the full season. And you mentioned the jugs machine and the incredible catch. How about the play before where if we checked on Joe Mixon, does he still have his head? Because he was tackling Joe Mixon like before he even had the football. I was amazed he even hung on to the ball. And it was back-to-back plays with T.J. Watt. It was like, oh, man. Forced fumbles, sacks, interceptions, quarterback hits. Like, by the end of the day, he just lived in the backfield. You know, and, and it's and it's it's – it's hard to substitute a guy like that. That's why it's going to take uh, a few guys. But you got to give a big shout out to the Pittsburgh Center secondary as well. Uh, them boys got their hands on a lot of interceptions. So that was good news too. You mentioned Watt, Ike. And one thing that you said really stuck out to me is potentially Devin Bush coming off the edge. I think a lot more stunts, you can get a little bit more creative because whether it's Malik Reed, Jameer Jones, whoever ends up filling for Watt, 
that player is not going to be TJ Watt because everyone points to with Watt. Oh, well, he tied Michael Strahan's single season sack record. Remember, he also led the NFL on tackles for a loss a season ago. So TJ Watt, not just a pass rusher, talking about being a disruptive player wherever he is at on the field. And look, it'd be hard for any team to replace the reigning defensive uh, player of the year with Watt. And so to me, it's not just on whether it's Malik Reed, Jameer Jones, it's incumbent upon those other players, the Cam Haywards of the world, Tyson Alualu, Alex Highsmith, those other players to take it on themselves to say, you know what, Watt's out. Now's my time to shine and showcase what I can do because it's not just going to be one player who replaces the level of production that Watt brings to the table off the edge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be an overall group effort. Absolutely, Ike. And this was a defense, seven sacks, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. <laughs> you know, we talk about how high-flying that Bengals offense was, and if we can get that kind of defensive performance, I don't expect that many turnovers week after week, but – the fact that the Steelers only won by three points was a tad concerning to me because I don't think the offense played particularly well at all. But Najee Harris is expected to play against the New England Patriots. That is good news, Ike, because I argued this uh, Monday's reaction show when I was doing the solo pod. I think that the Steelers could le- least afford to lose T- uh, Najee Harris compared to Watt. Obviously, you want both players, but just a player of Najee's caliber I liked what I saw from Jalen Warren filling in when Harris left the game. And I thought he put several Bengals players on their back, but I don't want to just put too much on an undrafted rookie right away in Jalen Warren. And the fact that the Steelers, it appears that they will have Najee Harris against the Patriots certainly is good news because coming out of Sunday's game, Mike, but the the injuries with Harris and Watt, it seemed to be doom and gloom. It's like, wow, we just beat the team that was in the Super Bowl. For the AFC, but we might have lost our two best players for the season, and now we know that not to be the case. Yeah, I like Jalen. I'm gonna put a lot of pressure on. That takes the pressure off of uh, Najee on his reps for carries. So yeah, down to Sunday, but at the same time, I'm, I'm gonna go out and let Jalen hey, get ready because this this game might be your game where you need to carry low. So, and I think. Uh, Jay is also ready for it as well. You know, I think he showed a lot during the the training camp. Um, I think he showed he's willing and able. Uh, all the coaches wanted to see, uh, could he pick up the blitz? And he showed that a few times. I didn't see him on TV. Um, he even making highlights on these shows now just off of picking up the blitz and him pancaking a few people trying to come in uh, and run up on the in training camp. I thought uh, he would be in this position. And he is in this position. Uh, he's the second running back, and he's just proving, you know, rep after rep. So, yeah, the more reps he get, the more you don't have to run Najee, depending on how Najee feels. I'm sure Najee going to want to get all the reps he can. But the more reps uh, Najee don't, doesn't need to have, the better off he would be later on down the line. The more reps Jalen gets, the better off he would be to help the team as a backup. I'm with you there, Ike, but here's where I push back. 75 yards rushing. It's not good enough. It's just point blank period that needs to improve. And then you get five turnovers and you win the turnover margin five to nothing. You only win by three points. 
And the Steelers got dominated in time of possession, 43 minutes to 26 minutes. And then down the stretch, when the Steelers needed to try to run clock, they couldn't do that because they couldn't effectively run the ball. So this isn't just only on the running backs. It's on the offense overall. And it's just something where, and I've said this before, Ike, and this is kind of where I'm at, is week one, I don't expect things to be perfect. This is a very young offense. It's a very, very young offense. I mean, when you talk about the skill position players, I always point to Deontay Johnson's like your elder statesman, and he's 25 years old. But as the season progresses along, say, midway through the season, three quarters of the way through the season, late in the season, you need to have more offensive production because you're not going to win the turnover battle 5-0 in every single game. So I just want to see some improvement. And look, I know it's old school. I know everyone loves passing in the modern NFL, but... 75 yards rushing and really it was to control the clock control the game and give the defense a break so something i want to see in weeks moving forward yeah it, it'll happen you know they're still trying to figure things out on the offensive line so you got to understand they just got some guys acquired too as well so it's a lot of moving pieces that they're just trying to reunite so it's just it's just a couple of weeks i think it's just a couple of weeks with the offensive line um i think who will help is Najee. i think uh Jalen as well will help so just give it two or three more weeks, man. I think the offense will be fine. I want to see what Najee could do with a good line because I think he masked a lot of deficiencies from – you go back to last season. This is not. This is no knock on any of the players, but it's the reality of the situation. When you're starting two rookies and a second-year player, it's a young line. You still have a young line this year too. So what he can do once that line gets in sync, that's what excites me with Najee Harris. And I am with you too, Ike. Uh, only 10 carries for Harris in the opener. Keep him fresh throughout the season. I know he had that list Frank injury in the preseason, so you can bring him along. But just at the line of scrimmage, it was something I noticed with the Steelers' offensive line. I I know Trubisky played good enough to win. I don't think he played great, but there was one play late in the game where he shakes off a pass rusher and finds Fryermuth down the field, and it's the type of play where the last three or four seasons Steelers wouldn't have been able to make with Big Ben back there because of his limited mobility in the waning years of his career. Yeah. I mean, Mitch, Money Mitch going to be straight. You know, he's still figuring things out as well, mm-hmm. too. It's still a new offense to him as well. He just came, you know, this year in the offseason. So he, he's getting his game reps right now, you know. But it, it's his, his escapability, uh, he displayed that not only in the preseason, but he did it in the regular season game as well. So that's, that's a plus for the offense and the offensive line. For offensive line who's young and who's not really – General, right now, what could you have to help you? You can have a motor quarter, mobile quarterback, and that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers have right now. And we, this is look, Ike, and our listeners and viewers will be able to tell you this. This, I feel like a broken record saying this preseason's a little bit different than the regular season, it's just a little bit different. Yes, yeah, a little bit different, you know, it's, it's live ammo, you know, it did during the preseason, you know, you're just shooting blanks, but the regular season when everybody getting them big paychecks every Tuesday. Or every other Tuesday, it's, it's real live out there. It's live animal, baby. All right, Ike. Steelers, home opener, Akersher Stadium, first regular season game, the newly named stadium against the Patriots. I'm going to go to keys to the game. And before we do, though, we're not sure about the health status of Mac Jones, his back injury. Again, we're recording this on Wednesday. It'll be back out on Thursday morning. So we'll see if Mac Jones ends up playing in this one. And... I almost want to put this out there for our other Believe hosts who host the Patriot show. 
I'm curious if they're secretly happy that maybe Hoyer will be playing instead of Mac Jones, but we'll see who ends up lining up under center on Sunday for the Patriots. Uh, keys to the game, my part. Yep. That rushing defense for Pittsburgh Steelers against the rushing offense for the uh, New England Patriots. There you go. That's my. There you go. And the Patriots, their running back Ty Montgomery has a knee injury, so he got put on injured reserve on Tuesday. They'll be without him. Patriots still have Damian Harris. He led the Patriots, had 48 yards on nine carries. Patriots offense that struggled in their opener against the Dolphins, putting up only seven points. And so we'll see post-Tom Brady era, Mac Jones in year two. Ike, I'm with you there. I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair between the Patriots and the Steelers because both teams have stout defenses. I think both of these teams have defenses that are far ahead their their team's offenses. Right. right. It's, it's going to be a play-action play away from a win. Whoever, whoever gets to the play-action game first will win this ball game, let alone that Russian defense. But I, it's going to be a play-action pass game. Whoever hit the big one first is going to win this ball game. My personal opinion. So keep an eye on whether Mac Jones plays. I'll go to my score prediction. And I, I'm not sure if I explained this well enough last week. Because you are now a scout for the Steelers, I would love to ask you what your score predictions are. Sometimes we might have to ask fake Ike Taylor what he thinks because uh, psychic Ike Taylor and fake Ike Taylor, pretty insightful. I can't tell you how many times you've correctly predicted the game. I've got the Steelers winning the home opener, 23, Patriots, 17. Somehow the Patriots are a one-point favorite in this game. This line makes absolutely no sense. Over under at 40.5 points. So points are going to be a premium, at least if you listen to what the odds makers are saying. I'm going to piggyback off of you. Okay. You picked the – You listen, you picked the uh, – you were giving me grief last week when I picked the Bengals over the Steelers, but – I hope this doesn't start like I got to start out. I cannot start out 0-2 with my picks, Ike, because if that's the case, I'm just going to tell our listeners and viewers to fade whatever pick I pick. Just pick the opposite, <laughs> and you'll be a winner on betonline.ag. There you go. Last season, if you faded my picks, you would have made some good coins. So take what I have to say with a grain of salt. Again, I've got Steelers 23, Patriots 17. Ike, several other week two games that are exciting. Tonight's matchup, the Thursday night matchup, Chargers at Chiefs, AFC West showdown, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I don't know why we always doubt Patrick Mahomes. Five touchdowns in the opener. Right, right. And when we had Lee Steinberg on, Patrick Mahomes' agent, several weeks back, I brought this up. The Tyreek Hill trade, I think, could be one of those trades where it's like, who won the trade? I think it could really benefit both teams. And at least through one week, it looks like the Chiefs did not miss a beat without Cheetah. There's no player like Cheetah, but five touchdowns for Mahomes. They were rolling on Sunday. I think the Chiefs and Bills looked most impressive in week one. They're going to host the Chargers, Justin Herbert and company at home. Divisional showdown. I think this is the best game of the weekend. Without Cheetah, is forcing Patrick Mahomes to see the whole field. And Patrick Mahomes seeing the whole field is scary. Without Cheetah, is forcing Patrick Mahomes to take what the defense gives him. Without without having cheated. So when you got a, a guy who can throw the way he throws, when you got a guy who got a, 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 a running game, because now it looks like he has two, two pretty good running backs, when you got a guy who really got to scan the field now and Patrick Mahomes, you see exactly what he's doing. Now it's just making, you know, uh, Coach Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy 
get more creative on finding ways to get guys the ball, you know? So that's exactly what's going on. So we can say what we want to say about uh, Patrick Mahomes and him losing Cheetah. I didn't think it was going to be an issue. Actually, I thought it just woke him up, to be honest with you. And this is exactly what's going on. That's exactly what happened in the first game. He had five teddies. The young man had five teddies, and we have five teddies. You see in a lot. So Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to be fine. I just think this kind of enhanced his IQ on not having Cheetah and getting spoiled by the big plays that he once was used coming from Cheetah. Let me piggyback off that too, Ike. You mentioned scanning the whole field. Patrick Mahomes with time in the pocket, it's like the scariest thing in the NFL because he can just dissect a defense because of – he can really make any throw. That, to me, to piggyback off your point to where he has to quarterback more, he can't just rely on dumping the ball to Tyree Kill wherever he's at on the field. But it's Patrick Mahomes with time as well where it's Take- like, okay, yeah. You take you take cheat out of the situation, Mark, which Patrick Mahomes once had. Now everybody's everybody's open, so all the all the receivers, all the other receivers, feel like they have a chance, you know. So everybody running routes, and everybody running routes to get open, you know. When sometimes when the offense coordinator call the play, they already know where probably is gonna go. It's probably gonna go to Cheetah. Now the boys running with the hell on fire, so everybody is looking to get open because they know. Patrick Mahomes now is distributing the ball to whomever or whatever he see, depending on the coverages. I'm curious to see how this game shakes out, Ike, because a year ago, the Chiefs kind of stumbled out of the gates and everyone was like, oh, the Super Bowl hangover, the loss from the Super Bowl, and then they figured things out late in the season. Had a nice playoff run before getting knocked off by the Bengals. I think that if this, if the Chiefs win this game and everyone's picking against them and it's the sexy thing to do to say, oh, I like the Chargers in the AFC West or the Raiders or the Broncos with Russell Wilson, this game to me is going to be a clear indicator because I will say this, in week one, Chiefs playing the Arizona Cardinals, they didn't look good. But this to me, this divisional matchup is going to tell a lot. I'll take the Chiefs at home at Arrowhead, but... I've got my popcorn ready. I've got a nice little food spread for Thursday night. I cannot wait to watch the Thursday night yeah. game. I can't wait either, bro. For real. This is going to be a good one. There's two young studs, Justin Herbert. And we already know what Patrick Mahomes can do, but Justin Herbert didn't look bad at all either uh, last week as well. Yeah. And I think Herbert, top three, probably top five quarterbacks, like he's up there. And so. Whew. Should be a good one. Ike, a few other games. Dolphins at Ravens. Two 1-0 teams. I want to see, again, another shot for Tua in this offense. See if he's legit. I thought they looked okay against the Patriots. I think they're a lot more talented of a team than the Patriots. But then the Ravens absolutely smoked the Jets in week one. So two 1-0 teams, AFC matchup. I can't wait to watch this one, too. This is one other game that stuck out, but it's like Tua versus Lamar. Lamar, I thought, looked good again, though. It's against the Jets, so it's like, who really knows? But I'm I'm curious to see, like, which teams start out fast. So this one, it's like, who's going to be undefeated going after this game between the Dolphins and Ravens? It's kind of what I have my eye on. Between uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, one of them will win offensive player of the year. I'm just going to let you know. That's just my personal opinion. All right, all right. Psychic Ike Taylor, we're marking this down September 14th, 2022, after week one. 
If you can get good odds for either player, take either player. Ike's a psychic. I'm telling you, I've lost count of how many times you've correctly predicted this. Either Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. You heard it here first. Sorry, Ike. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but it, it, it ticks something off in my brain whenever you predict something like this. Yeah, so uh, I'm, look, I'm just looking at Lamar like his contract. Yeah, usually they talk mm-hmm. about uh, guys getting hurt. Lamar got hurt sitting in the pocket. And now when Lamar runs, he he runs to either get out of bounds or he slide, one of the two. So that's an upgraded version. That's a more mature version when it comes down to running on Lamar. Then you have, and we talked about Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman was a rookie last year. He came from Minnesota. We talked about him, but he was hurt last year as well. Mm-hmm. So now he's coming around and he's being a stud. Then we can't forget about, you know, Mark Andrews, the, the all-pro tight end that he has. And we still forgot Dobbins sitting in the back who was questionable last week and didn't play, but they still wind up having a running back who handled his business. Then you have another young stud in Dunnalay, I think, receiver. He wound up having two teddies uh, last week as well. So Lamar is starting to have weapons on the outside, especially when he wants to extend. And we can't forget about that no-look he threw. So he threw a no-look touchdown last week as well. So Lamar is going to be Lamar. I just like Lamar even better now that he's learning when he does run to either slide or get out of bounds. Yeah, that's Devin Duvernay, uh, receiver out of Texas, third-round pick in the 2020 draft, Ike. And Bateman had a touchdown as well. Want to see him get the ball a little bit more to his receivers. I know Andrews is a favorite target of Jackson, but honestly, against the Jets, they didn't need to do much more. And it was a game where they were able to maintain control and they made Joe Flacco throw the ball 59 times to try to win it. So Ravens were really in control this entire game. And so sometimes you just need to do what you need to do to win. And that's what the Ravens did in week one against the jets. Uh, Two more games. I wanted to make mention of Ike bucks at saints, uh, NFC South uh, uh, showdown again, two teams, one and oh, the saints are a lot of, kind of a dark horse pick in that division. And you've got Tom Brady, 45 years old, going up against the Saints. One one pick I want to make, Ike, if you can get good odds at this, Jameis Winston, comeback player of the year. I'm telling you right now, if you can get good odds, put some money on it because he's got Michael Thomas, he's got Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, the rookie receiver out of Ohio State. Saints got some weapons. Yeah, they do. Can't forget about Taysom Hill as well and what that young man did he had one drive two plays one drive he, he he did a wildcat one play he wound up going for like 60 something yards then he wound up staying in and he did another play and wound up scoring so Taysom Hill they figured out ways to use him as well it's hard to play 11 on 11 see when you just got a quarterback who just sit in the pocket that's 10 on 11 so you can have an extra guy coverage so now when you have a wildcat guy like Taysom Hill it's 11 on 11 <laughs> so now we got action so yeah, they, they they got some guys. They got some. They got some ways. They got some packages to figure things out. But I did like Jameis. Um, Jameis was very conscious of not throwing interceptions, and you could tell how he was sitting in the pocket and thinking about that. Uh, but you know, I, it's just hard for me to bet against Tom Brady, Mark. For real, I'm just going to one hundred with your time. Tom, he get. You can see he's, he's about to have the connection with Julio. And I remember when Coach Bruce Arians put Larry Fish. Fitz uh, Gerald in the slot and told him he could play three, four extra more years. Just believe him. It's looking the same, the same thing as Julio with Tom Brady. So 
this this is about to this is about to get scary. And Godwin, I think he wound up hurting his hamstring, but I think yep. he's going to okay, and that's going to be scary. So I'm 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 telling you that that playoff lady was playing like playoff lady the first game of the <laughs> of the year. So we shall see, man. Tom is getting the ball out fast. He has a new slot target who he thinks has a good camaraderie with. But I told people this: all you got to do is look at the sideline. I saw the last preseason game. All time was talking to was Julio Jones the whole time throughout the whole conversation. Football Julio Jones, football Julio Jones, sitting on the sideline on the bench, standing up, getting water. He was talking to Julio Jones. That triggered something in my head. Like, okay, so they're getting ready for this regular season because he's going to be looking for Julio on the third downs. That's exactly who he's looking for, Julio. And that's exactly what happened when they played the Dallas Cowboys. On third downs, he was looking for Julio. The three receivers they have went healthy. Evans, Godwin, Julio Jones. Good luck. Good luck to opposing defenses. And with Tom Brady with time as well. I want to see with the Buccaneers, was it that they looked good in week one against the Cowboys or the Cowboys down this season? Because everyone overreacts to week one. That's what I want to see with this matchup. Again, a divisional matchup is how do you look against other competition? Because... It varies each year. I don't want to go back to last year because last year was last year of which teams are good, which teams are not not sure about the Cowboys early on this season. That's Sunday Night Football. Go ahead, like, what you saw, that, that was the Cowboys. Like, you can't discredit their defense. I think the Cowboys defense mm-hmm. played well enough for the Cowboys he just get he just got it all figured out, man. The man, you you can just see once he break the huddle and he look back and he see the coverage. He already know where he going, for real. He just need yeah. his he just need his receiver to catch the ball. So he, he I, I saw when he broke the huddle. He broke the huddle. He saw the coverage. He already knew where he was going. He was like, "Up oh, here comes another Super Bowl I be in." But this is just game number. one. You could just tell in his body language, for real. Ike, my Super Bowl pick, Bills over Bucks, or at least through week one, looks pretty good right now. It looks pretty good. And I'm with you, though, with the Cowboys. Micah Parsons, he was someone that you were very high on coming out of the draft a few years back. He looks like a very, very special player. He different. He different. Yeah. When, 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 when you type it, you were like, bro, he good. Like, when you be asking, like, just other, talking about other players, like, Oh yeah, he's good. Or oh yeah, he's a star. But Michael Parson, he different. And that's exactly that you you gotta say it. Score your eyes. He different. He different, Mark. For real. <laughs> Sunday night football. Bears at Packers. The reason why I mentioned this game, Ike. Everyone's saying the Packers is Aaron Rodgers over the hill. Remember a year ago, Packers got smoked in Week One by the Saints. Want to see was week one a fluke against the Minnesota Vikings? If the Bears, who somehow knocked off the 49ers in a monsoon at Soldier Field in Chicago, if they were to knock off the Packers on the road at Lambeau Field, then I could entertain those conversations about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers not being up to snuff. But after one week, we saw this a year ago. I do expect the Packers to take care of business at home against Chicago. Not this year, but I... I'm, I'm gonna go with the Bears. I, I saw with the Bears. Like I, I was high on San Fran defense, very high on their defense. 
Um, I know it's going to take some time with Trey and company and their new offense. I get that part. But the Bears' defense, they, they, didn't, they didn't blink. And the Bears' offense, when it was time for them to make plays, that's exactly what Justin Fields did. He made his plays. So, um, yeah, I can see, I can see, I can see the Bears walking into Green Bay and, and giving Green Bay the first time in a couple of years of 0-2 start. My uh, Chicago contingency, Ike, is doing cartwheels upon hearing that. <laughs> we got two Monday night games as well, but we'll be back uh, either Sunday or Monday after Steelers and Patriots. So Monday night football, you've got a twofer. I'm not sure why the NFL did this in week two. I know usually they do this during the opening week of the season. I know that the Emmy Awards were on Sunday night is, or excuse me, on Monday night as well. But uh, I saw Peyton and Eli are back too. I just can't believe we're already here. Football season is upon us, Ike. But if the Steelers start out 2-0, and Oh, man, I was over the moon on Sunday, Ike. And our guy, Ian Eagle, is going to be on the call yet again for the Patriots and Steelers game. It was great to hear his voice. And like he said on Sunday, Bengals and Steelers, it was like, what is happening right now? It was really good to hear him on the call. We had him here on the Believe in Steelers show a few weeks back. Always a pleasure with Ion, man. You know, oh, yeah. big props oh, yeah. to Ion. IT, you're the absolute best. Appreciate the time this morning. And I want to thank you, the Believe Network, our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, producer Yancy, and we've got a new producer as well, Megan, behind the scenes, making us look good, running the show, making the Believe in Steelers show what it is. Today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. Take care of all of your NFL gambling needs. Ike, I think that's a show. Big shout out to betonline.ag. You know, appreciate for, for, for sponsoring this show. Huge shout out to Breaks TV, always making Mark and I look good and professional. Got to give another shout out to Believe in Podcast for, for giving Mark and I this opportunity. Make sure y'all give us a five piece. What I mean by a five piece is a five star. All we try to do is be insightful, very entertaining, and love to hear feedback from y'all from watching our show. Matter of fact, Thanks for giving us feedback and thanks for tuning in to our show. All, all our viewers and subscribe. We gladly appreciate that. Got to give another shout out to my dog, Mark, man. He's one of the best co-hosts uh, a, a brother can ever have. So appreciate y'all. Appreciate everybody behind the scenes, too, who make this work, who take their time out and listen to Mark and I try to talk football. I'm lying. We talk good football. But thank y'all. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Enjoy the week two action. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.